Ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we have on the show Tony Latessa from Latessa Business Sales, who is here to talk to us all about the benefits of the AIBB, that's the Australian Institute of Business Brokers. Now, Tony is no spring chicken in this game. He comes to us with a wealth of knowledge and history in the industry. In fact, he has been in the industry since 1985 um, and has sold approximately 1,100 businesses Australia-wide. Tony is the national chairperson for the Australian Institute of Business Brokers and also the chairperson for Victoria. Tony is a live wire and this is a great discussion that we had today in this episode, not just about the Australian Institute of Business Brokers, but we'll really also look at some other interesting statistics about the business sale and acquisition industry in Australia. We look at internationally what associations like the Australian Institute of Business Brokers are doing. We're looking at the international reach of the Australian Institute of Business Brokers uh, into New Zealand. We look at the mergers and acquisitions chapter and the relevance that it has to advisors who are in the mid-market space. And we also talk a little bit about the market, what's happening at the moment in the industry, in business sales and acquisitions, the crisis that are facing many in this industry, and what they can do to position themselves well when the turnaround comes. So there's just a wealth of information that we cover today in this episode And I hope you find it really interesting listening. So here we go with Tony. Tony, I just want to say a massive thank you and welcome on to the Deal Room Podcast. Thank you. Wonderful. Okay. All right. We always have so much to chat about when we're talking. And so there's a few things that I wanted to traverse today. I wanted to talk about, obviously, about the AIBB. Um, You're the chairperson of AIBB, but... um, you know, you've also you're also a broker who's been in the industry for um, a good few years. So I think, uh, you know, today I want to traverse some insights in relation to AIBB, uh, but also I just want to talk about some of the insights that you can give from your wealth of history in this industry. So maybe let's start with AIBB. Um, some of our listeners will know all about AIBB, and and then another cross section of our listeners. I think um, have probably heard about it, but not been members. Maybe if you can just give us a little bit of a quick overview. You know what? What do you think really are the deep strengths of AIBB? What is it? Why should brokers or um, advisors get involved with um, a membership? Well, AIBB have started back in 1968, and they're purely and simply dedicated for business brokering. Unlike most of the uh, uh, real estate institutes throughout 
Australia where you've got uh, business brokering plus residential, industrial and commercial. AIBB is purely and simply business brokering. And, of course, that dedicates the whole association to inform and keep abreast of all the changes to do with business brokering throughout Australia. It is Australia-wide and it also uh, has provision to introduce the uh, New Zealand business brokers as well, which we're attempting to do. Oh, right. really? Yes. Well, New Zealand has 350 business brokers, um, which is an untapped market for us. Um, I've been endeavouring over the past two months uh, to try to get into um, the New Zealand market. and We've suddenly located a person who's willing to stand in as a uh, as a chairperson and we're needing to form a committee for the New Zealand uh, business brokers and that's what we're in, attempting to do right now. Uh, once we get a committee formed in New Zealand, that will then uh, give us a leg in for opening our, um, our our benefits to the New Zealand market and to introduce uh, and, and obtain the uh, business brokers from New Zealand. That's really uh, and so do they have um, a body like AIBB at the moment in New Zealand? No. They are a little bit different than us. They're, they're, they're mainly of a franchise, a number of large franchise groups. Right. Uh, unlike... Uh, Australia, where we've got uh, 80% of our business brokers operate from under uh, a 10-man um, uh, office, mm. so to speak. Um, they may have four or five or six um, franchise groups that operate in 50, 60, 70 brokers. Mm. Mm. And uh, so, so they're the sort of things. They don't have an association as such. Um, and they look at Australia for their conference needs. Right. Uh, they look. They look for Australia for their um, valuation courses, mm. and they look for Australia for guidance as well. Australia also, as you know, are affiliated with the uh, with the Worldwide Business Brokers Association, um, mm-hmm. and we like to keep abreast of what's happening throughout the world worldwide. You find the way we do business is possibly very, very similar the way the Americans do business, and the the way New Zealand does their businesses is the same, virtually the same as how we do it in Australia. Stands to reason why uh, that uh, New Zealand haven't already knocked on our door. It's because of us not paying attention to New Zealand and attempting to to get them. So uh, over the space of the next two months, I'm hoping to be able to to make headways that that way. I guess in the one sense that will particularly benefit um, uh, brokerages that have presence in Australia and New Zealand is that what other other opportunities does that open up, if any, for brokers here in Australia, do you think? If you have a look at some of the businesses we sell in Australia, they've got branches in New Zealand. 
a lot of the Australian manufacturers of different types of products have a, an office or have a manufacturing plant in Australia and, and vice versa. Mm. That, that, that is one of the reasons. I, I remember uh, I was in New Zealand probably last year now and um, I was contacted by one of the um, uh, franchise uh, owners there um, to go and see him in relation to try to uh, get an affiliation with one of our franchised groups in Australia so that they can work in conjunction together mm. over the um, manufacturing plants and businesses they've got for sale in New Zealand that are also associated with uh, plants in Australia. And that that's when I started thinking about, hey, maybe we can um, get New Zealanders to become members of the Australian AIBB. Mm, fascinating, fascinating move. One of the things you were talking about is the um, affiliation of AIBB and the Wide World Association of Business Brokers. Have I got that right? Is that yes. name correct? Yeah. In, in International Business Brokers Association. Right. Okay. Yep. And so one of the things that, you know, discussion points that I've had in the past with many people actually is that in the US and, and many countries over you know outside of Australia there is a higher take-up of membership of associations um, in the broking industry than perhaps areas here in Australia is that is that your experience yes absolutely I think uh, in the states there are two uh, associations are very much allied together and one's the international business brokers and the other one is the Florida section of the business brokers association and um, the main go so to speak is to uh, is to uh, cover their liabilities as such for, the, for, for, for their members and people join them so that they're kept abreast of all the legal changes that happen within the states mm. um, and they have huge uh, seminars every year that attract anything up to two to three thousand people mm. Mm. Um, to uh, and, and and their guest speakers are phenomenal we were um, meant to be there I think it was March of this year but unfortunately because of the, the virus uh, they had to cancel so yeah, I would yeah. have had more information for you, but unfortunately, but I'll definitely go next year. And I guess, you know, that's an interesting thing. So obviously, I'm sure something that the ARBB is looking closely at, you know, why is it that there's this sort of stronger um, uptake, really strong uptake in places like America? You know, because I think the ARBB does just such an amazing job in the industry. I think it fulfills a really important role. You know, there's a real... I think there's a real need for it. Something that I've witnessed actually um, during COVID has been the movement to um, to Zoom meetings, and and it seems like you, you know you're getting really big uptake at Zoom meetings. And I, I can just see you know obviously your use of not just providing information at the Zoom meetings that's really topical at, at a point where. You know, it's a bit of a crisis for the industry, isn't it? So point where brokers really need information and, and um, you know, connection. You're also um, running a mentoring program, which I think is just, you know, fabulous. But these breakout rooms, one of the things that I have noticed when I've been in some of the breakout rooms is just uh, 
just the camaraderie that I think is really, and you, you know, I mean, that's the sort of thing we're at the actual in-person events, you know, and of course the conference couldn't be on this year, which, ooh, which is a great shame, but that's one place where I've certainly noticed the camaraderie before, but in these breakout rooms, I think you've done a really great job of taking uh, what is a massive challenge at the moment that no one can meet and turned it into something for that ARWB that maybe you guys didn't even realise would turn into what it has. What, what's your thoughts about all of that, Tony? I think you said it well. Um, as a matter of fact, I think you stole my th- thunder there. Uh, <laughs> really good. But, um, I, I don't need to say anything else. No, <laughs> quite frankly, you did right. Our um, committee mem- members or the, the founders of uh, basically of AIBB were the ones that actually thought of this uh, uh, one-on-one breakout Zoom meetings and uh, and direct contact uh, if our members were having problems. And um, I, for one, of course, um, being the national president, have received quite a lot of calls from people who needed um, mm-hmm. one-on-one help. And I know there are other committee members who have received uh, not only one-on-one, but uh, also at our uh, Zoom meetings where it was uh, very much appreciated by by our members. Um, and it was a and it was really good that we established that. Plus uh, a question and answer Zoom meetings that uh, well, I think we budgeted for something like thirty to forty people to attend. Well, the first meeting, if I remember rightly, was something like one hundred and fifty people. And not just that, then everyone after that, you know, it's continued have those numbers so it wasn't just sort of this one off you know I thought wow isn't that amazing you know that's incredible if you if you think about it um our conferences once a year there was only around about 150 people if you wish to uh, attended so in actual fact we had access to our members similar to the degree that we were receiving at the conference and you mentioned about the breakout rooms well the breakout rooms then proved to be very successful because the guys in that room started to relax they found or yeah. knew that the people that were in the room had similar problems that they, they were going through mm. and without a school teacher relationship or anything that it may have existed in in the combined room they started opening up and the the amount of information that we gained uh, as a committee from that has been enormous mm. and we're We've we've got a list of things that we can improve that was was said to us, and we've already started in implementing the, these changes. And um, so everybody's benefit from these Zoom meetings, mm. and it's been phenomenal. And I think in in all our years uh, this year has proven that the more we talk to our members, the easier it is for us to not only keep them. But the word gets spread around and our membership will grow after this year dramatically. Yeah, I I hope it does because I am, and, you know, obviously people who aren't members haven't been on the meeting so they can't witness what's going on at the moment. But (laughs) I I just think that there's, you know, a lot of information sharing that you can't get from just a a general sort of educational forum. You know, this is is something, you know, this is experience sharing rather than, than just something that's just, like black letter information, I guess that's the that's the thing. And you you talked about being contacted by brokers at at points with um, issues or questions at the moment. Do you feel that there's a risk that many of the brokers 
well, some of the brokering firms may not make it through to, to the end of this crisis because obviously, as I, as I said, as we were first talking, this has been a fundamental crisis and not that we haven't seen it before. I mean, you, you know, even if I reflect even a year ago, just before uh, the election, you know, we're all seeing a really big drop off in activity when there was, you, you know, some issues with business confidence, I guess, is, is the bigger issue. But obviously, this is this is bigger and this is different in many ways. So what's your feelings about the the industry as a whole um, and vulnerabilities that it has and how brokers can deal with those vulnerabilities? Yeah, it, it is difficult for them. No matter what we've been through in the past, it's, it's unlike what we're going through right now. Yeah. In relation to thinking of what can happen from here on in. And as you can see what's happened in Victoria, where everything seemed like everything was rosy and now we get into the so-called second wave. Is mm. there a third, fourth, fifth or sixth wave? Yeah. Um, and the business brokers in Victoria who have been uh, gearing themselves up are, uh, are now being flattened again, so to speak. So there, there is a degree of negativity out there. I guess if I have to summarise the types of calls that I've received were from, if you wish, members who have only got themselves working from home or members who have only got one or two or three in a little small little office or whatever the case may be, who were doing quite well, uh, who have now been basically hit over the head very, very hard. And they're not sure of, although they hear us talk, they're not sure how the other members are going. At the meetings, they can't just pick one particular person and say, hey, Fred, tell us all about you. It's like, if you wish, going to the pub on a one-to-one and, and you you relax with the with with your friend or so, and, and, and you can talk how the industry's going, and rightly so, face-to-face. Well, when they ring me, it's on the basis of really finding out how the other business brokers are going. Are they doing the right things? Is there something that I can suggest that uh, they should be doing to, to carry through? Or should they just call it quits? Is it time to walk? Yeah. And they just need just moral support, if you wish. And I've always been a very positive person and I've been through it all, what, 38 years. And you, you can name everything that's gone through. Well, I've, we've been through it all and we've survived quite well. Mm. Imparting part of that uh, experience that I've gained and these people, after they finish the conversation, they become positive again. Oh, that's fabulous. I also notice that if they send me an email, say, two or three weeks after our conversation, just to say, look, I was just thinking what you were saying. I really do appreciate what you said. That means that they want me to ring them back. They want me to <laughs> reboost. They want to uh, boost again. Yeah, you know, yeah, they yeah, want yeah. to reboost. And you can feel that. Yeah. And it does help. If I need uh, some assistance as to some help, I, I know I, I've got mentors too that I can ring, email or whatever the case may be. And that's the beauty of our association. Yeah. Every one of our members all are prepared to help one another. Although we're in competition, if you wish, against one another, we need to sell businesses. We need to be better than other people in order to get the listing, in order to get the sale. We understand that. But the overall aspect is we are 
all a member, we're all Australians and New Zealanders, we're all a member of an association and we all support that association and our members. And this is the prime reason why we are willing to spend $660 or $330 a year to become a member. And that money is paid to insignificance on when you understand the benefits you receive. You can go into our website and find out a whole range of benefits why AIBB is a good organisation. We haven't even mentioned the, the valuation course. Even that alone stands for reason why we're the only committee in, in Australia that's dedicated to business brokers and why we should join and maintain and help one another. And I want to come back in a moment as well to um, the M&A group, which is, I think, a really great addition because, you know, I, I've certainly heard around in the market, lots of people who are, who are in the industry have the opinion that AIBB isn't right for them because they deal with, you know, um, mid-market uh, deals. So we'll come back to that in a moment because um, I, I just want to talk about that elephant in the room and, and some of the great things that I think are happening in that area. But before I go there, you mentioned that you are an optimistic person. I think you and I have had a few discussions in the past. We're both very optimistic. Well, okay, we're, perhaps we're optimistic people anyway, so we're going to have to be optimistic about the future. Both of us are optimistic though about you know the recovery, about the opportunity for business brokers that's coming soon. I, I think I personally um, am seeing it warm up a lot right now. I think October, um, there'll be a lot going on. I think buyers are starting to hit the market. I just think there's loads going on at the moment. But let's talk about, well, what does that mean practically, though? What should business brokers be doing now to gear themselves up for the opportunities? Because just because there's a bounce back doesn't mean that um, deals are going to start falling in their laps out of the sky without work, right? Um, so, you know, let, let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah. Uh, all business brokers may not know it, but this farmers. In other words, we need to get out there and keep abreast of the situation, know your area, know what you're dealing with, know your competitors, know the new manufacturers and and uh, and export agents and, uh, and all the other businesses around in your area. Uh, you need your name to be put out there, you need your brochures, you need your uh, door knocking if need be, advertising or whatever the case may be. The moment you stop that is the moment you start sliding. And what's been happening now is that the people who were farming readily often in the past before the uh, virus hit are still getting sales from what they did in the past. Uh, what they hopefully should realise that as each sale or each listings are listed and sold, they be, are becoming what I call skinnier and skinnier. In other words, they're using up the fat that was built up prior to the virus and they need to maintain their body weight. To do that, they need to not just uh, get the listing and that particular sale, but they need to get out 
whether they're at home or whatever the case may be, and still do the fundamental things to keep the contact going yeah. for, for the future. When when this when this period does finish, and they could be sitting there and suddenly say, "Well, I'm ready to do all these listings. I'm ready to do all these sales," and it doesn't happen. The first thing a bad broker will say, "Well, it's not my fault. The market's not as good as people say it is." Well, it is good. The only reason why why they're not as good is because they didn't continue on with their farming and they needed to do that. You can't stop. Unfortunately, in this market, you work seven days a week, 24 hours a day, whether you know it or not, and you've got to keep farming. And this is the reason why a good broker would always get his listing and always get his sales. And if he has a good month whereby he sells an extra two, three or four um, uh, sales, he's got to work harder mm-hmm. to maintain that for uh, for the following months. And he knows it. And they're the sort of people who can impart uh, their knowledge on to the young and coming up and coming um, uh, uh, members of AIBB. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. And so, what else is it that you say on the phone? You said you know you've had these discussions with um, brokers on the phone. They give you a call. They're feeling a bit despondent, understandably, and uh, you give them a real pep talk on the basis of you know your. Did you say you're 38 years in the industry, which is just fabulous and obviously a lot of experience to be reflecting on so what are some of the things that you say in this call tony i want to hear it well (laughs) it's it's all subject to the person that i'm talking to at the other end and Mm. it's subject to what he says to me and how he says it to me number one most people are not interested in what i've done to tell you the truth nobody's interested i've been in the industry for say 38 years but they may be interested in saying in selling the gold mine yeah. If they've got a gold mine for sale, if you yeah. understand, and they're trying to pick your brain to to try to assist them in the, in that gold mine. So if they come to me and says, Tony, I think this market stinks, uh, and I don't know why I became a business broker, and here I am, a, a member of AIBB. Where do I go from, from from here? You can clearly see that he's been blaming the economy rather than himself. He's mm. got a problem. Mm. His problem is himself, and you got it nicely. Bring him back to make him realise that in actual fact, it's yourself. Let's fix you up and forget about the economy because the the economy is immaterial at this stage. If you fix yourself up, sales and listings will happen. And so what's an example of that? So how how practically, like, you know, maybe give us some insight from some of these calls you've had. What are some of the strategies that you've been suggesting? Obviously, keep in contact, keep marketing, keep, yeah. keep out there. Yeah, the, the people that don't ring back are the people who I think I've got through to and, and, and they don't need me again, which is great. And that, that, that means that I've done my job there's not hasn't been a lot of people that come back to me time and time again except there's one particular guy and hello if you happen to see this please keep ringing me if you want me to Um, but he's been back to me about 10 to 15 times you're clearly creating a wealth of information tony a wealth of information he's he's young and he needs uh, the information that i can impart on him but look one of the things i try to do is Get them to spend a little bit of time on themselves. 
just a little bit, go away somewhere for a period of four hours or do something that's unusual. If you, if you normally get up, get dressed, go in, into your office or go into your home office or whatever the case may be, then go and do something. Get dressed, jump in the car and do something you haven't done for a long, long, long time. Spend three or four hours and just think of what you're doing. And, and that change in scenery, the change of what he's, what he's doing tends to make him go back to, go back to basic. And when he remembered when he first joined, how enthusiastic he was when he first joined. And or, her, or her, or her, <laughs> or her. Or her, I beg your pardon, of course, of course. And, and, and bring, bring him back to, um, back to reality that way. And um, you fix yourself up first. And then everything else will follow. Mm, okay, I like it. So it's a bit of mental health advice first. Oh, it is. So then we'll get on to the nitty-gritties of businesses. Yeah, okay, all right, fabulous. Now, as I said before, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is the new M&A group, which yes. I think is um, is a fabulous move um, and run at the moment by Stephen Groves, who, yes. um, and, and I've been on a couple of the meetings and they're really, you know, I, I just think it's a really good move by the AIBB. Can you maybe just give me a quick overview of that, what was added, what the idea is of it? The M&A boys um, kept themselves within the AIBB, kept themselves reasonably quiet yeah because they felt that um they felt that it wasn't part of uh if you wish ai double b m&a is just to me is not to me but it's just a, another name of being a business broker except they do it differently they've got their own clients whether they're acting on behalf of the buyer uh, or they're acting on behalf of a large consortium of uh, of um of uh, sellers mm. Um, uh, they may just have one group of sellers or, uh, and then they farm that to the world, if you wish, or to other M&A agents who have got their own section and they on sell. And it's a lot of word of mouth uh, going all the way down the line and some of their um, – and, and some a lot of their um, sales in some cases are, are, are conjunctional. Um, and they do obviously their their sales are large. Uh, they they look at their uh, um, their vendors differently than the way we look at ours of any businesses up to say two million dollars or, or whatever the case may be. M and A are part of AI Double B. We want them to be an active part of AI Double B. It's it's a good way uh, for other members uh, to start looking at uh, ways of even uh, getting into uh, uh, M&As and and getting themselves branched off that way. I mean, the world, to tell you the truth, uh, it was, I don't know, yeah, Monday, I got a listing. You're not going to believe this. I got a listing on Monday. By the way, a listing is um, uh, maybe not what you're thinking it is, but I have got a listing. On Monday, that's $10 billion. It's worth wow. $10 billion, billion, not million, $10 billion. Now, that's just oh, one no. person, if you wish. Now, it, it's amazing how the world turns. And yeah. uh, um, I've, in other words, I've got an opportunity of selling something that's $10 billion. Yeah. And, and that only happens with people all over the world that gets to know you from either your websites or your word of mouth or know what you've done in the past and or referrals. 
Uh, if you haven't got that, you, you will not get those type of ap- uh, opportunities. Mm-hmm. And Stephen knows himself that when he first started, he started obviously had to start small or had found out, had a client who gave him an opportunity and he went from there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember I was in Singapore the, the, conducting the seminars in, in Singapore. I was meant to be there for four days. One of the guys that came to see me was an M&A guy and he was Australian and um, I spent an extra four days in Singapore just talking to him. Mm. And he actually helped me in getting the M&As as well. And, of course, I don't know whether other uh, brokers would agree with me, but I consider the centre of the world, which is Singapore, is the centre of M&As. <laughs> That's where and it all happens. So once again, it's just all about networking, isn't it? You know, and, and Absolutely. I, I have heard out in the market this sort of this impression that I I mean look there's just so much um there's so much nuance with some of the words that are used in this industry as well like you know just the term brokers for example you know a lot of advisors that we have to you know many times in this podcast I have to really be really careful about talking about brokers and advisors because many advisors who effectively are well brokers in accordance with the regulation we have here in Australia um, don't see themselves under that terminology because they see brokers as you, you know deals under one or two million or under five million or whatever and the the mid-market deals as you know people who are involved just in mid-market deals to you know that that terminology <laughs> doesn't apply to them and of course there's uh, you know the whole licensing issues as well in relation to how uh how to get the licensing which doesn't help with the whole situation when of course it's so tied to real estate but uh, but coming back to AI double B membership I think there's this uh, this whole nuance as well that's an issue when we've got so much going on in the market with this issue around the word broker for um, for advisors who are in the M&A space. I just think it's such a great move to have an M&A group. So, um, so it's clear that there's a space where you're focusing on this mid-market um, deal rather than, you know, the sort of smaller and in inverted commas transactions. Um, yes. So, yes. But, but many people out there would just wouldn't have any idea and have probably put AIBB in a category. So I just wanted to make sure we reflected on that and talked about that because I just think it's a great move by the AIBB and, and I think it's a really interesting group that uh, you guys have put together. Yeah, and the other thing, if I may, and I don't know how how much time you've got, but the other thing that changed within the last, well, since I've been there, within the last 12 months or so, since I've been chair, is our partnership or sponsors have Mm -hmm. changed. We used to have our sponsors purely and simply to look after our conferences. Now, if if you're a sponsor and you paid a certain sum of money, you had the the right to attend the our, our uh, uh, conference, talk at the conference, uh, mingle with the um, uh, with our members or whatnot, and uh, then after the conference, uh, within thirty days after the conference, you're forgotten about. Mm. 
There was no follow-up until the following year and people were knocking on the new door saying, give me some more money and you, <laughs> and you, can, attend the, you can attend the conference. We've changed that. We're, for a start, our, our sponsors are our partners now. Our partners are our partners from the 1st of August, and I call it the 1st of August. I think um, uh, I think the uh, AIWB might call it the 1st of July. I don't know. But the 1st of August... 2020 to the 1st of August 2021, and you're our partner for the whole year. You're not just our partner for the conference, you're our partner for the whole year. You become, you're entitled to speak to the members at any time. You can attend all um, committee, state committee meetings, you can attend all the Zoom meetings, you've got the right to send a submission for the newsletter and I can go on and on and on and on and on. And we as um, uh, on the committee will always inform our state uh, committee members to always mention uh, our partners and our partners is always, and if you have a look at my minutes of the meeting, mentions all our, our partners and our partners are getting their worth, so to speak, at all times and and we will promote you so therefore we know who you are like aspect legal in uh, solicitor and uh, being the solicitor for us and handle that and our own private uh, uh, works that we need uh, and then we've got the everything else so that's also changed so and we're going to maintain that and there'll be other partners that will join us um, and um, and we'll be a lot better off. And, of course, with partners and what we then can offer to our members, of course, will lead to new members. Mm, Fabulous. And, look, I I guess let's pave the way for the future. There's some really exciting things that are coming forward for AIA Double Bean membership from a legal perspective as well as many other perspectives. So there's some some things cooking away here that um, I think, um, you know, will be a massive benefit to members. Um, so, and, and the point is the AI double B is constantly evolving and trying to find new ways to add value. So I guess that's, you know, a, another thing to throw in there. And, you, you know, um, I say that because in the discussions that I've had with you, Tony, in the discussions that I've had with um, Peter Fennell in New South Wales and Clifford Foster and and the discussions um, that I'd had in the past with Zoran, who um, had been, uh, was the chairman last year, you know, the one thing that I have seen in, in my discussions with all of you over time is how committed you are to trying to find ways to give back to the industry. You know, it's a, it's, um, it's a non-profit organisation. It's run by um, people who are volunteers, right? You're a volunteer. Um, and the thing that seems to unite you all as I speak to you is that this desire to create things that are of value out of membership but also to create things that, um, you know, that are helpful um, to uh to to members so you know look i just want to make a call out to you and uh, you guys and girls who um who put in a lot of your own time you know uh, i i guess there's no massive reward for you other than the benefit of knowing that you're helping the industry so i i I guess just making that clear for our listeners you know you're not here with an agenda for yourself you know you're here because you you're 
you're doing things and you want to support the industry. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I I don't know if you know, but uh, our constitution, uh, which was set up six years ago, um, uh, means that a lot of our committee members who have been on the committee for 15, 20 years no longer can stand for the committee. Mm-hmm. As from um, uh, as the, basically the fifteenth of August of, of this year, and we've already started with the new blood, so to speak, started last uh, last year, and um, from this blood. time from here on in, we we need a lot of new blood coming in. Um, thank goodness the uh, older members of uh, of AI Double B will, will want to stay on in some shape or form, although they're not on the committee. They will be uh, always kept as advisors. We need their experience. Um, and we've got some wonderful men who have been with us since 1989. And uh, they will still remain. We'll still get the benefit of what they've got to offer, but uh, we'll also get the benefit of the new fresh blood that's c- going to come on. And al- along with that will be up to date what our current members wanting and we're prepared to do what is necessary and we're prepared to spend money to do what is necessary to look after our members and get new members and get the New Zealand in and whatever else and we've got the we've got the MA chapter, we've got the Chinese chapter, the Southeast chapter, and we're going to get more chapters coming in. Um, and we're going to go from there. We'll go from strength to strength and as soon as the RBV uh, get started again next year, um, there'll be a fresh uh, influx of new members uh, uh, getting their qualification who've been a uh, licensed valuer and uh, our, our uh, future looks really rosy. It looks brilliant. It, it does look really bright. Although you and I both put our hands up to say we're optimists anyway, but <laughs> I do think the future is bright for AIBB. I think um, it feels a, a really important um, service. And, you know, as I, as I said, I, did, you know, I just want to be clear, there's, there's no... Uh, there's no ulterior motives for um, people like you who are involved. You just said because, um, you, you know, you really want to support positive change within the industry. Um, yep. And, um, and you, you know, here's hoping that um, we can get it to the point that it is in America where there's just such a strong uptake. And But I think you're well on the path to doing that and I think some of the initiatives that we've talked about today really will drive it that way. And, of course, as you and I know, there's some exciting things in the pipeline to come. So yeah, uh, Absolutely. Good work, Tony. <laughs> well, look, I love this industry. Um, clearly you must too, given uh, you've you've given it a few years. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but I just want to say a massive thank you to you for okay. coming on to the show. No and how about you give us a uh, little overview? How is it that someone, if they've listened to this podcast and they've realised they're not a member, shame on you, um, how do they go out uh, go about getting uh, organising membership, Tony? Well, you can you can always uh, ring me on 0412525151 or you, if you know Zoe's email address, uh, that's info at... Uh, AIBB.com. Uh, just send an email off and we will certainly be on to you like a shot. <laughs> <laughs> you rock. Well, look, Tony, I just want to say a massive thank you for joining us on the show today. Thank you. 
Well, that's it for this episode of the Deal Room podcast, where we're looking at the industry itself. We're looking at membership of the Australian Institute of Business Brokers. We're looking at the evolution of the association, what it has on the cards for members right now, and what it's looking at adding into the benefits of membership into the future. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you'd like more information about this topic, then just head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com where you'll be able to download a transcript of this podcast episode if you are just dying to read it in more detail. There you'll also find details of how to contact Tony and you'll also find details of how to contact the Australian Institute of Business Brokers if you like what we've heard today and you'd love to become a part of it. But at that website you'll also find details of how to contact our lawyers at Aspect Legal if you you or your buyers or sellers would like to discuss any legal aspects of sales or acquisitions. We've got a number of great services that help businesses prepare and help them throughout the transaction to get through the deal as quickly as possible and with as little pain as possible. We have a free call service available on our website where you can book in with one of our legal eagles to have a discussion about an upcoming sale or acquisition. Or if you're a broker, why don't you book yourself in a time as well and we can organise a time to talk to me or one of our other legal eagles here at Aspect Legal about ways we can assist you in providing a strong deal team for use by your for use by your sellers and also by your buyers and finally if you enjoyed what you heard today then i'd be ever so grateful if you would first pop over to your favorite podcast player and hit that subscribe button and secondly maybe considering being kind enough to leave us a review well that's it thanks again for listening in you have been listening to the deal room podcast a podcast very proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Have you heard of Aspect Legal's partner program? Our partner program is a free program that's open to brokers, corporate advisors, accountants, and any other advisors to businesses who are dealing with organizations that are leading into a sale or acquisition of businesses or shares. As part of our partner program, we offer free access to our legal hotline, which is a support line to our specialist lawyers. We also provide a pre-free sale legal review to buyers and sellers where we educate them about the process and timelines from a legal perspective. And the third element that forms part of this partner program is a match-up database that we run where effectively we're able to connect up accountants or brokers or corporate advisors with businesses who are looking to either sell or acquire. So if you're a partner of ours, you go straight into that partner database and where we can see opportunities to provide matchups, then we introduce you. And the final element of our partner program is ongoing education in the form of seminars, webinars and meetups. And that's something new that we're introducing into the partner program in early 2020. So if you're not a partner, then all you need to do to become a partner is just pop us an email at partners at aspectlegal.com. And just simply say in your subject column, I want to become a partner. It's as easy as that to get immediate access to our free legal hotline and all of those other resources. We look forward to having you on board as a partner. Ladies and gentlemen.
will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to The Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au. 